Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. everybody. Welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis Podcast. It's been a while, but we are back at it. So today on the show, I would like to welcome Denise Barker. She and I originally, well, we kind of connected. I connected through her. I was watching when she was on a live with what is formerly known as the Straightforward Foundation. It is now known as Back to Healing. Denise, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hello, Teresa. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about, well, from the beginning, can you tell us your story of the time that you were diagnosed up until the present? Sure, sure. So it's a long journey. Feel free to interject and ask questions. There's a lot there, but um, it's been such a, such a long time. So I was first diagnosed in 1999. Okay. Um, I was about 11 years old. And um, it was uh, diagnosis in like the November time. So I remember it was like fall getting, getting colder. And the way that I found out that I had any sort of issue, um, because I went through school and, you know, they were testing and totally missed it. I was at the dentist and I don't know if you remember this, but in order to take x-rays, they would put you up against a wall and they'd be like, stand up straight and they'd take a picture. Do you remember this? I never had that done that way. I grew up in a very small town. So maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, my, my uncle happened to be my dentist and he was like, Denise, stand up straight. And I'm like, I am standing up straight. And he's like, stand up straight. And I was not, I was like, all bent out of shape. And um, you know, he was like, you should take her to a, to an orthopedist, to a doctor. Sure enough, I go. And uh, it turns out I had a 72 degree lumbar curve and about, I think 54. Classic. Yeah. Okay. Not my neck. My, mm-hmm. the, I always get those two mixed up. Um, so 72.54 and you know it happened all very very fast so by December they were like you know you need to go in for surgery this is spinal fusion this is the most up-to-date technology that we have they sent me to Shriners which was so lovely Um, thank god for Shriners because we would not have been able to afford any of this Um, and there were a couple other bumps in the road so through testing they actually found out that I had a heart condition so in order for me to go under a spinal fusion for as long as 14 hours, which is what it was, I needed to undergo a heart surgery right before. So right before Christmas, I had a heart surgery and then bump up to New Year. Um, I had my first spinal fusion on January 11th. Um, and I have a thing with 111s and my mom and I just figured this out like a minute ago. And by the way, it's 11-11 right now. <laughs> so anyway. How old were you when this, when you had the surgery? 11. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was 11. And, um, it was so funny because I remember it was like that whole Y2K thing. So mm-hmm. I couldn't see to my friends and everyone was like staying home and close to, you know, my best friend, Allie had to stay put and I wanted to see everyone. 
Um, but yeah, I went in on January 11th, uh, right after the heart surgery, and they did what's called an anterior fusion, okay. um, where they go in through the side, and they they actually don't do those anymore. They're um, kind of, I don't know if outlawed is the right word. But okay. Not okay. Supported anymore, um, just because it's very traumatic to your body. So. I was basically laying on my side for a very long time. They went in through my side mm-hmm. uh, and put uh, Harrington rods in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 14 hours. It actually was so traumatic to my body. It, it brought on my my first menstruation ever. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. So there was a lot going on there. They, um, my lungs were filled with lots of stuff. So I had to continually get respiratory therapy. Which okay. Traumatic for me. Um, and it was just a mess. It was a very okay. messy surgery. So that surgery actually kind of set me up for the, the rest of my life. I, I had to have lots of corrective surgeries because of that first one. Okay. Wow. Okay. It was lumbar and my parents elected to not, uh, deal with the, the, the top curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I went on for about five or six years through high school. I was homeschooled for, for the for the first part of my okay. recovery. About okay. okay. Um, and then up until I was about 17, I decided to have the second surgery. And the second surgery was my the middle of my back. So um, the thoracic. Thoracic, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so the thoracic, and then uh, that was my second fusion. So they okay. decided to put them both together okay. at Shriners with the same surgeon. Um, and that one, I think, was pretty easy. Okay. Uh, because they had gone through the lumbar, I, I think that was so traumatic that yeah. the second one was just like, yeah, I'm at home. I'm I'm 17. I can't see anybody. You know, I got to do this yeah. again. Yeah. And you know how it is. You have to like learn how to walk again. You can't be in sports. Yeah. Um, you have to reconstruct your body and your mind to your limitations that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which was, I always found to be the hardest part. Um, so, so yeah, that was my second fusion. And then after that, I really took off. I mean, that, so I was 17 and then my personality, you know, I just, I left my small town in Ohio. I started okay. around places. I moved to France and Seattle and whatever. And I started working with a personal trainer mm-hmm. um, and he changed my life. He was the first person to get me into weightlifting and, you know, he was a little worried to work with me because yeah. everyone, I'm sure you, you know that, but yeah. I mean, I, I like really went hard and got very in shape and felt okay. very good. Lots of core work. Um, and, uh, you know, I had, I had limitations. I would never do back squats. I would never mm-hmm. put, load my shoulders or anything right. like that. And, you know, my movements are still pretty limited and always trouble with my hips. Okay. So because the lumbar surgery, uh, the lumbar surgery started at um, right below my spine, it did not hook into my sacrum. Okay. Sacrum had been free for okay up until a couple years ago. Okay. So my sacrum was really taking the bear of all of my movement. Okay. And it took me up until I was 29, so 2017, to like completely fall apart. <laughs> wow. Okay. I completely fell apart, and I had been living in New York City with a very. Um, very intense job. I, I rolled a wine bag around. It was lots of movement, lots of, um, and a I lot was of still, lugging. a lot of lugging. Yeah. yeah. A lot of inflammation in, in my body from lifestyle and things. And, um, and I was still doing like hit workouts. So I was still doing like 
aggressive okay. workouts. And what was happening was, you know, my right leg would would start going numb. It couldn't, I couldn't move it forward. Okay. My hip, my right hip was completely inflamed and would not work. Essentially, I would, I looked pretty off kilter. Okay. Um, and the pain was just outrageous. And the pain was mostly in my right hip, but it mm -hmm. was throughout throughout everything. So I went to the hospital for special surgery and met an incredible doctor named Dr. Schwab. Um, yeah, Dr. Frank Schwab, he, I think he's from Germany actually. So <laughs> maybe he's from somewhere. I was, I was, his name sounds familiar. Yeah, he is the head of orthopedics at hospital for special surgery. And um, it's funny, there was a whole drama with that, which I can, I can throw in, but I had seen a surgeon at NYU Mm -hmm. And he wanted to do a surgery that was very different from what HSS wanted to do. So there was okay. a conflict of interest conflict. And I'm like, I'm in a bidding war. I don't know. <laughs> Someone just fix me. Yeah. But uh, I ended up going with the HSS because um, Dr. Frank Schwab was one of the first surgeons to blow the whistle on anterior fusions. So he was one of the first people to really? say, stop doing that. Yeah. It's it's really not good for the health of the spine moving forward. Um, and, you know, he really explained it to me that he wanted to bring all two fusions together, mm -hmm. use my sacrum mm -hmm. finally, so it could relax mm -hmm. and then really like connected everything. And he ended up um, doing a, a front incision. So okay. they went in my stomach, I have sort of like a C-section scar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was another surgeon, Dr. Kureshi, who's also incredible. Okay. Um, and he went in through the front and through the back. And okay. so they fused S1 to L5, moved my entire trunk a couple of centimeters. So not oh. only, I mean, I, I don't know how these people do this. I really don't. <laughs> how long did it take you to recover? Oh man, that was rough. So that was 2017. I had really amazing health insurance. Um, it, I was down for three months. Okay. But I, I think I went, I went back too soon. Really, okay. I put myself out a little bit. But it took, honestly, it took me like a year and a half to feel better. Wow. It okay. Me, it took like a real three months to heal to be mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, And then within three months, I was back to work. Okay. I had quit my job that was really aggressive and, mm -hmm. and kind of went into like a, a, a nicer job, <laughs> but still sort of right carrying a wine bag around and things. Yeah. Um, but it took me a very long time up until I would say just within the last two years, I have felt like, okay, this is normal. Okay. normal I guess with in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, because I was older, you know, I'm, I was 29 at the time. I okay. really noted a lot of things like the surgeries when I was a kid, I really tell people that I didn't, I wasn't there. Like my parents had to deal with it. Yeah. I was so medicated and like out of it. <laughs> yeah. I was sure I was there. And I remember a lot of it. It's super traumatic. I have a lot of PTSD from that, but my parents had to deal with like what was really going yeah. on. But the one when I was 29, I like really understood it. I yeah. remember, and you, I'm sure you got you, it. You, yeah. You, you like, you got the impact of everything that you have been going through. The first sitting up for the first time in my bed, you know mm -hmm. how they like sit yeah. up and taking the first stand. The first thing that, that I said was you did it wrong. <laughs> the first thing I did 
and I will never forget this. And this is so important to me um, because it shows the power of your brain is I stood up and I said, something is wrong. This is wrong. And of course it was wrong because it, my body didn't understand straight. Yeah. My body didn't understand um, being, you know, a little softer and not in pain. Yeah. yeah. So my brain was like, something's wrong, abort. <laughs> yeah. It's like your body is now in this fixed mode Yeah. and your brain is like, that's wrong. Like, no, this is not how we are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's in your brain is always trying to protect you and yeah. go back to what it knows. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it took me like a week to be like, Hey, I think you, you, you did this right. Like I was, I'm very like, like get the surgeons in here. Something's wrong. I want my money back. <laughs> which was ridiculous. I mean, but, but you, you, you bring out such a really valuable point. I mean, when, and this, this goes across and I've spoken to so many people about this, you know, when some listen to your intuition, even like listen to your intuition and then explore it because your mind is saying this is wrong, but your body is like your body and your mind are fighting against each other. Exactly. And yeah. they have to, kind of come to terms with what's going on and readjust yes. and it's such a valuable point because so many times with with scoliosis with fusions we're like we're we're not we're we're not right mm -hmm. we're not we're not correct but we're right yes the brain your brain your yeah. your ego brain yeah right is like something is wrong this is not what I know right because your body is now straight and in right. a fixed position right that it's never known before and also yeah. not having pain when you have had pain for decades can be actually very yeah. traumatizing to your body did it's you have pain did you have pain when you were first diagnosed oh no when I was first okay. diagnosed, I don't exactly remember um but Had no x-ray that your uncle took of your teeth Oh my God, that, yeah. I was not in pain. I think I was a kid and just kind of okay. like, um, okay. but the the second and third surgeries were brought on by extreme amounts of pain, yeah. Okay. The second one, I will t I will tell you this too, um, just so girls know out there that, that we're in this together and that um, yeah. body dysmorphia was very much a part of my life and still is. I still like very much, you know, dabble with this, but the second surgery needed to happen because this, the curve was 54 degrees, right? They start wanting to, to really um, operate on you around 40 degrees. I had a massive hump on my, on my back, on my mm -hmm. shoulder, mm -hmm. and my hips were still crooked. And I just felt so uncomfortable. I yeah. really did. And not only was I in pain, but I was just uncomfor uncomfortable physically so that was, that played a huge role in me choosing to have the surgery. Yeah. And I want people to know that because there's a lot of shame behind, isn't that so crazy? It's so traumatic to you and to yeah. them. Don't even, yeah. I right. Know. Right. So, so you did have to wear a brace. I did. It was for a very short period of time. Okay. It's super thick one. Remember? Okay. Um, it was very, very thick. They shoved me into it. My dad had to like strap me in. Um, I had to wear big, big clothes all the time. And was it plastic? Horrible. It was plastic. It was pl plaster. No, I plastic, had, plastic. Yeah, it was. Okay. I mean, it was thick. It was like, yeah. Thick. And, yeah. you know, my, my nephew today, he's uh, 16 years old. 
and he's almost like he's like six foot seven okay. and he has mild scoliosis which is very rare for men to have scoliosis yeah. but he does it runs in the family and he just had to wear a brace as well and his was very very thin <laughs> very like nice and had like a little design on it and I'm like shit <laughs> I would have really liked this at my time thank god for this platform yeah I was actually just talking with somebody yesterday and whether whatever type of scoliosis people have I find it most interesting and I, I'm curious to know with you uh did anybody ever talk to you about trough physical method? oh yeah. yeah yeah and they did they practice it with you did they suggest it Yes. Um, that was through physical therapy. Mm -hmm. I, I was recommended the Schroff method by the scoliosis foundation. I did it a little bit, but okay. you, I don't know if it's just my personality, but I'm pretty hard headed <laughs> and I did my PT. Mm -hmm. I did it fine, but I didn't find the most, I found most relief in and working out and weightlifting and working with really, really, uh, very well-trained trainers yeah. who, wanted to get my muscles strong and, and things mm -hmm. like that. So I, um, I, I liked it. So, and that is something that I would definitely recommend to people that have not been fused yet. Yeah. Like if you fusion should be the absolute last resort. Yeah. And you know, I, I said that to my nephew as well, to my sister, I'm like, please don't just dive right into surgery. Um, and I think back when, when I was a kid and plus 72 degrees is very aggressive. That's, I was going to, yeah. Uh, um, so it, it was, it was inevitable. It had to be done, but you know, if there were, if there were things like laser treat, I know there's lasers. I know there's, uh, the Schroth method. I know there's all kinds of things yeah. even, um, that could, that could be before surgery. So I would highly recommend that. <laughs> yeah. tell, tell us, tell us where you are now. So, so you had the surgery, you've had multiple surgeries. You, you worked with a trainer, you felt amazing yeah. and you were doing, wine working with wine I'm going to say working with wine because I don't know to what degree yeah. you were carrying or lugging heavy carts of wine so and where where has where has this journey brought you to now oh thank you so um I am definitely after my last surgery which was 17 18 24 years ago I have been on this like war path of health okay <laughs> Okay. I needed to completely change my lifestyle. I feel like some of my surgeries, the recoveries could have been better if my lifestyle were better, you know, if the stress were down, if the inflammation was down, things like that. So, you know, my goal is really to help people to really understand that. I mean, mm -hmm. we play a major part in our healing. So where I yeah. am now, um, I just graduated from IIN. I went to health coaching school. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. It was, you know, it's, it's easy. And I, I, did it on the side. I, I still work in wine. Um, okay. Thankfully, I'm with a company that doesn't require me to lug massive samples around New York City and Manhattan in and out of subways up and in and out of taxis. Um, so they're, they're lovely. And mm -hmm. I do. I'm also very well versed in saying no. Now, if I need to say no, I will say no yeah. <laughs> um, for the sake of my body. So yeah. Um, wellness is something that I'm trying to incorporate more. I will okay. always be in the wine world. I love wine. I mm -hmm. yay, I'd love teaching, et cetera. Um, right now I'm working with a trainer who, uh, is very hard. He's a very, very hard trainer. Um, but I think the number one thing that really helped me was reformer Pilates. Okay. And reformer Pilates are, um, on like the mega former. Right. And I found that 
through the limitations that I have with movement, um, mm-hmm. that it got all of the little interconnected muscles within my core, within yeah. my uh, Pilates goes deep. Really? It goes and I, deep. I hated it at the beginning. Oh my God, I hated it. I was like, yeah. screw you guys. I'm going to go do some bicep curls. And they're like, that's not going to help. Mobility is the right word. And yeah. you, that is like such a gift for anyone who has a fusion. And, yeah. you know, now I'm, I'm fully fused except for my neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, most of my movement is felt here. Okay. So it's really important that I go to acupuncture at least once a week. Okay. Um, I get cupping, I get uh, needling done. Mm-hmm. She does gua sha massage as okay. well. And um, always, always activating my hips. So my biggest problems are my shoulders and my hips. My okay. hips, because they're fused, they don't really, they're not, um, they're not strong enough to take on everything. So I'm having like some knee issues as well. Okay. Right now I'm really working on hip flexors, mm-hmm. my adductors, abductors, um, doing tons and tons of, of activation work with my glutes. So anytime mm-hmm. I think about lunging or squatting, make sure your glutes are activated. Yeah. Um, and always with healing through acupuncture, stretching okay. and, and yoga as well. Nice. This is yeah. this, like, you're, you're, your story is so great because you have taken such complete control of your body and like given the power back to yourself, not just in your mind, but physically. That if you listen to what, you know, some people tell you like the, the surgeons, maybe even being cautious or your parents who love you and want you to, you know, not get hurt or anything, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be very limited in your movements. Yeah. And I just want to encourage people to go slow, but also, to, you know, challenge yourself a little bit because I, I really like, if you look at my x-rays, people are like, how does this make sense? (laughs) And a lot of it is just through, you know, being strong, having a good support system and going slow, but, but also challenging yourself. Yeah. And I'm going to share when, uh, one thing I always tell my members, you also have to learn to let your ego go. Stuck. It's like I'm yep. I'm physically stuck in place. Like right. I'm I'm not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> Thank <Right>. God. Nothing <laughs> would happen. But I'm not. It's it's like most of the challenges up here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Denise, tell us where people can find you on social media. Sure. So you can find me at Denise Barker. Um, I share lots of wine stuff on there, obviously, lots of travel, lots of dining. If you're into New York City dining please follow me. And also lots of wellness tips and um, tips for scoliosis as well. And you're on Instagram. Your handle is? At Denise Barker. Is there anywhere else that they can find you? Um, sure. So you, I'm on Facebook as well. I have a website called Denise Barker Wine if anyone wants to book um, virtual educational tastings and also coaching for um, scoliosis clients. And uh, that's about it. And also you can just email me text me. Cool. I'm an open book. (laughs) Denise, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for joining the Scoliosis Podcast. Thank you, Teresa. You're fabulous. Thank you so much. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, 
then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.